Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment Podcast. So glad that y'all joined us this week. This week we have guest Steve Hernandez again with us. But he was our uh, last guest before all the shutdowns last year. So excited to have you back, sir. Um, And yours truly, Jim Parkin, Pastor Jim Parkin, and myself, Ashley Chandler. Welcome back. So, yeah, welcome back, man. It's been a while. Yeah, thank you for having me. I think there's no reason to to stand in the door here. We're going to get right into it. So a couple weeks ago, we had an episode. We brought one of my nurse friends in. What I wanted is for the community, the EMS community and or the first responder community, but also the community at large of civilians to understand with, with the idea of mask uh, vaccine mandates and nurses leaving their post and, and people being escorted off the premises, how that would look in that area. So when we spoke and I wanted you to come back on, I kind of want to touch on tonight. I've had a lot of people ask me from my little circle of, of, of people in my community, why is it that the, uh, the veteran specifically GWAT veterans are so, why were they so upset? So fired up over the, uh, uh, Afghanistan, uh, exfil. And then also want to touch on some other things like we spoke earlier on social media and disinformation and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a, I'm an Iraq war veteran. So, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't blessed to go to Afghanistan, like some of my brethren, um, during, during the height of the war, but we have been heavily involved in, helping facilitate, get people out the last month and a half. Um, we are involved in some different things and, uh, vetting and, and the intelligence space with that, with our company. And, you know, this is just my one man's opinion. And some of my brothers and sisters agree with me. Some of them don't, I, you know, a lion shouldn't concern himself with the opinions of sheep. Um, that was a sheep move. What happened? Um, it was a cowardly move not to make this a political conversation, but it, but it was a cowardly move. Um, I, I think sometimes, you know, when we're in a gunfight, we don't realize that we're in the gunfight till, you know, we're changing mags and, Mm -hmm. you know, combat can be that way. Uh, geopolitical affairs can be that way there is an ever-growing enemy looking to undermine U.S. interests abroad. And that enemy is ever-changing and um, ever-evolving, if you will. So Afghanistan has several different fronts and, and, you know, not enough time in, in one lifetime to discuss even all of them at length. But what I will say is, You know, the one issue we should be looking at with Afghanistan has been the humanitarian issue. Number one, first and foremost, what are the second and third order effects to what we did and what have we done 
Um, I can tell you for a fact, I had aircraft ready to go from Tajikistan into Kabul airspace, and we were shut down by the State Department. We were told no. We were told it's a no-fly zone. Um, and that was before Kabul airport fell. Uh, that was right after Coast fell. Um, there's, there's a lot going on in that space, you know, and I've got a lot of friends on the on the OGA, the other government agency side of the house that, that are, that were currently on the ground when all this was taken off, they were still working in, in one capacity or another, either as a contractor or a member of an OGA. And, you know, part of the problem is, is, you know, the, everybody went from fighting T-Ban to humanitarian exfil, right. But there are a number of Americans voluntarily still there to offer assistance. And, and I can tell you that that's, that that's going on live every, every day right now, there's a massive fight up in the Pangier Valley. Um, the other, the other big issue here was information and intelligence, um, which we can dive a little bit more into that if you, if you want, but the, the, I think third thing that comes to my mind is, uh, resources, natural resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's an environment right now by certain foreign, certain foreign interests to acquire the natural resources that Afghanistan has. Uh, they have one of the largest lithium depo- deposits in the world. They have some of the best cashmere and silk materials come out of Afghanistan. Um, right now, Pakistan dominates that market from an apparel standpoint. So there's, there's all the economics behind this, too. Right. I think I think the administration had good intentions, but lacked discipline and tactical understanding. Um, the, the, you know, the Taliban has wanted to be recognized as a mature government in Afghanistan for the last twenty years. That's that's all they wanted. Um, you know, and the Northern Alliance, Massoud and 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 his people up there in the Panjir Valley have been fighting against that because, you know, the Taliban is Sharia and Sharia is, you know, uh, limits on women and, 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 and gays and Christians and, and all this persecution. Right. So I, you know, Afghanistan, you know, from, from my perspective, am I upset? I'm upset with the federal government. I'm upset with the military leadership. I'm upset that we, you know, we are not united as a nation. Um, you know, to me, the best day of my life being a patriot was September 12th right. of 2001. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, and, and listen, I've given my entire adult life to protect people. Um, I, I don't know anything else. I've spent, and now I just you know, I, I make more money instead of $8 an hour as a soldier, right. Or whatever they pay us. Um, but I, but I haven't changed my mission in life. And, and I've talked to so many people about this issue in the last few weeks and, and you know, and there's guys that are way more senior to me in, in my industry that are, have been involved in Afghanistan professionally for the last 20 years. And guys like Eric Prince and, and other folks that, that, that I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a, uh, I'm in communication with on, on for resources and what have you. And I can tell you, you know, their perspective is really the same perspective I have now, 
being in a mature place that I am in, in, in our industry, which is how can we go in and make a difference and support a mission of goodwill? Um, right. I, I just, you know, it's a very convoluted situation. The last thing I'll say on it is, is, you know, veterans, we need to understand that, you know, veterans are in a place where we need to step back and look at, you know, how we're going to lead. And if you want a voice, get in political office, right? right? If you want a voice, get involved in the 2022 political campaign. If you want a voice, open a foundation and raise some money and, and help people. Um, you know, segueing into social media a little bit here, you know, just getting on social media and saying, you know, you know, uh, forget the government or all this, this rhetoric. It's, you know, I, I mean, of course, I, I meme ward the heck out of the Afghanistan debacle. There were some really funny memes from the veterans' perspective. Um, Indeed, you know, there were. You know, there's, there's, you know, um, God bless him, the president, you know, dressed like a Taliban insurgent. And, you know, he's, he's saying, you know, this way for assistance. And, you know, I mean, there's all these people that make comedy out. I think that's all you can do, right? Coming from our world, um, comedy is our relief. Right. Yeah. What I don't think helps the situation is the the lack of leadership from our community, from the veteran community. You know, we we should be those of us that have been there and know how complicated conflict and warfare can be. We should be a voice of reason to those that don't really understand it. Yeah, that would be helpful. Um, I I have a problem, and, and you know this about me. I have a problem with. 22 a day. I have a problem with right. a stigma of creating a culture where we're, where we're dwelling on the bad and we're not trying to drive the bad to good and, and bring, you know, the heart of, of, of our culture and humanity into the problem. We're, we're only feeling it. And I'll tell you, you know, when it comes to social media, when it comes to these platforms, I had a, I had a customer of mine, um, Fortune 500 customer recently asked me, Steve, what's the greatest threat to America? And I, I said, well, you know, the greatest threat to humanity, not even America, to humanity is disinformation, is the ability for us to click share, like, and, and receive information unverified. I mean, just, just for example, you know, there were foreign states, foreign heads of states that put their militaries on alert January 7th because the speaker of the house went before or, or political figures went before the press and said that this president couldn't handle having the nuclear codes at, at his fingertips. And we were terrified of what might happen. That type of rhetoric, you know, I mean, there's, there's fail safes. These other countries are watching our capital get overrun and watching this happen and watching that happen. When we say things, there are geopolitical universal effects to the things we say. And I think that's part of the problem. I think the veteran community should be smarter than that. I think we should be better than that to get involved in the scuttlebutt. Yes. Afghanistan was messed up. That bandaid was getting ripped off at one point or another. Right. How it, I don't have an issue. And, and this is, this is one man's opinion. I don't have an issue with pulling out of Afghanistan. I don't have an issue with leaving 85 million dollars in equipment there 
or whatever it is. Now, let me caveat that. I have an issue with not dropping a JDAM or, or a thermite or thermo, thermo um, um, you know, type explosives on these weapons. I have an issue with not burning down all of our classified, you know, areas and, and skiffs and, and um, centralized computer locations where we house demographic bio, biometric data of um, folks that we've come into contact with. I have an issue with the fact that we didn't we didn't better negotiate our exit um i have an issue i don't have an issue with leaving i don't want to see another american service member die right and that suicide bomber was very strategic and you know what it scared that administration as it should right you know, because the Bush administration dealt with this, you know, I mean, can you imagine being, you know, a man like Colin Powell or George Bush and sending boys to war for so many years and having that be your legacy? I mean, President Bush has spent his entire retirement giving back to the folks he sent to war. Right. That's what he does now, because he had a hard decision to make. He had, he had a war land on his doorstep. So I think that we as veterans, long story short, we need to get behind one another and we need to be the influence and the leadership that our communities need. Those of us that have been there because war is complicated. War is ugly. And right now there is no, there's a time where you break contact. There's a time where you react to contact. And it, unfortunately, it was a time to break contact. How we broke contact and left that, that area of operation, that AO, was, was wrong. And we're going to have to live with that. And folks like General Milley and other right. folks are going to have to have to hang their hat on that for years to come. And that'll be right. their legacy. But it doesn't need to be our foundation going forward. Right. Now, I've heard uh, recently just through different different podcasts and different social media pieces where the veteran community will like influential people in the veteran community saying things like are that what the government wants from us is to just get sedated and fade away. Kind of touching on 22 a day and the idea that anybody that served in Iraq or Afghanistan is just broken down they all have unbearable post-traumatic stress disorder and they just need to be medicated and kind of fade out. Now, personally, I, I, you know, initially I thought, well, 22 a day, that's interesting. And then the further I got into this whole, this ministry and, and all that, and the more research and talking to guys like you, the more I realized that it's just brilliant marketing. Like that is that was, it's a sexy number. You know, it's a relatively easy number of pushups to do for your Instagram feed. But the idea that, uh, that all veterans are just broken down and, and we really don't need to hear from them. You know, I mean, I think in the last election cycle, even there was, there was some worthy, worthy candidates, democratic. Yes. But you you're, know, you're, you're touching on something that, 
that really bothers me. <laughs> You're touching on a topic that Hi Steve. Why, sir? <laughs> You're, you're touching on a topic that bothers me to my core. And, and, and the reason behind it is I was a stigma. I was a stigma. I should not have made it back. I was angry. You know, I personally tried to, to call it quits a couple times. Um, and now I have three thriving businesses and, 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 right. and I have, I have more knocks on my door than I can handle. I have people, you know, I, I mean, since we've talked, my company has tripled. Um, I now have an engineering firm. I don't know anything about engineering. Uh, I have a CEO over there that runs that and it accents our current business. I, I mean, I am, I am a living, breathing example of how that's not true. Right. Exactly. And right. anybody that anybody that knew me transitioning out knew that I I had hate in my heart, I had anger. And there were people that believed in me. There were also people that walked away from me. It it was the community that stuck by me that made me and you know where I am today that got me to be where I am. I I think that we as veterans one get up Get up every day. Right. I, I don't want to hear your sad story if you're a veteran. We all have it. You know, I found out my, my, my sister was my mom at 13 playing basketball with kids in my neighborhood. You know, I, I, I can go down the list of horrible things that have happened to me. But, but you know what? Look at what the Lord's done positive. Right. You know, I, I've, I just, I just bought 20 acres and I'm building a house. I I've got all the toys that I want. I, I, I get to travel the world and meet interesting people every day. I, I cannot, I cannot give, I cannot give a vet, a veteran the amount of respect that he probably deserves when when they don't respect themselves right. respects respect starts with the acceptance of this is where I screwed up. This is where I need to fix. The one thing that was transitional for me was once I realized that I had a victim's mentality, army Steve didn't matter anymore. It was irrelevant. And that's the problem with our culture is we're so, we're so reliant on our, on our, our post, you know, military transition and how, and I, I wanted to do this. This is supposed to, I mean, that's the enemy. That's the, that's the narcissistic enemy attacking the warrior spirit. Absolutely. Right. And, and, and I hate it. I, I just, I personally, I, <laughs> I can't stand it because I, I, I have veterans. So, you know, I have an investment company now and, and, I, and I help raise money and I help, you know, people get their businesses off the ground. And I'm doing that very, very quietly right now. I'm looking to blow that up into a private equity strategy eventually and some different things. 
I, I have guys committed that are veterans, right? And I don't, I, you know, I church 225 an hour for normal people. I, uh, and I don't say normal, but other people, yeah, just yeah, people, right? That, right? Yeah. Um, and we take 3% of any of the money we raise, you know, and, and we work through different broker dealers and what have you. Well, it's interesting, right? Because we're having a conversation the other day with this veteran entrepreneur and we're in a, we're in like a pitch deck development session. We're talking about his business. We're talking about what he wants to do. We're talking about how to take his brilliant market strategy and turn it into a profitable, profitable, um, a profitable kind of uh, uh, tangible, right? Because it's just all theory and it's minutia and we're trying to get through it all. And he starts, you know, going to, and I watched it. I watched the transition go from, I'm super excited to be here and figure this out to I'm actually a victim and I don't know how to deal with that. And that gets in the way of my vision, mission, idea. Hmm. People right. don't want to follow victims. For some reason, when we lose that, not all of us, but some of us, we tend to get sucked into, well, Trump's not the president, Biden's the president, Afghanistan. I mean, to me, it's all noise. <laughs> because there's going to be a higher calling and a bigger mission that's going to supersede whatever that is. Right. And, and, and listen, so, I mean, from a veteran entrepreneur standpoint, I have been kicked and kicked and kicked. I had a call with another veteran today. He wants to open up a cybersecurity firm. He wants to do this. He wants to do that. And then he tells me, but I'm really distracted because I want to do it. And, and I hear this all the time. It doesn't have to be veterans. Find your Find your passion, make it your purpose, and build some goals and execute. Right. Do it. You know, it's not about fame. It's not about glory. You know, because because if it is, it's just a, a road less traveled. And right. most of those people end up they're in bars. They're 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 getting jacked up. They're they're not really progressing. You can't get up at four a.m. when you've been drinking till two. Yeah. Yeah. You can't spend two hours on, a, on listening to podcasts or reading books at 4.30 to, to 7.30 when you're staying up till one, checking reels on Facebook. I love reels, by the way. So I, I, they're awesome. <laughs> it's, my, it's my new entertainment. But you know what I'm saying? Like you, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to say, I'm going to set this down and I'm going to go to sleep because my goal is to get up at 4 a.m. And, and if we did more of that, okay, you want to get involved in Afghanistan, find a foundation. I had a conversation with somebody the other day about they want to help girls in Afghanistan. Okay. then here's a number of foundations. Let's figure it out. I think it's just guys that get out need to repurpose their mentality into a transitional mentality that takes the core principles that the military teaches us to be successful on the battlefield and right. translate them into everyday life business. That's all I've done. Yeah. That's all I've done. Right. Boyd's Boyd's loop. Observe, orient, decide, act. Those were my rules for gunfighting. Right? Observe, orient, decide, act. I've taught and, and preached that my entire post-military career. Now I preach it in business. Now I preach it in turnaround strategy meetings. When we're talking about a company's PL is down 18% from last month. Okay, let's observe orient our attention towards the problem, make a decision for Christ and act. 
but it's about yeah. commitment. And this is where I think foundationally the issue lies is we don't take our military principles and allow ourselves to transition them into a successful life after the military, which right. is why you have a veteran suicide rate at where it is, which is why you have veterans so consumed by social media and politics and this and that, because, you know, every veteran needs a war to fight. Right. You know, in my war, my war is building my business. It's supporting the 60 plus employees that I have and their families. That's my war. I get up every day and I go to, and I go to fight that war. Yeah. That's it too. Right. Cause that's like, I was in a whole different, obviously I'm much older, <laughs> uh, a whole different generation. Right. So we had, I mean, I got in in 90, I think Mogadishu or desert desert storm. I was in basic training and all that stuff. So I'm in that generation where not a lot happened. We kind of did our thing, got out and moved on. But I can say with no shadow of a doubt that all the cool stuff I've ever done happened post post military, you know, for sure. So to include what we're doing here, I mean, that even really is starting to, you know, be even cooler than the, the career on the fire department, being a paramedic, you know, it's just all these different spaces in life. But I, I would agree with that. I think a lot of dudes get caught in that mindset and they can't free themselves from it. You know, I'm stuck in this transition and this is all I'm ever going to be. And then you have honestly kind hearted Americans that get their information off the socials and they, and they get, they get also caught up in the same story. You know, I had a buddy of mine tell me that he kind of feels like he was living and he's doing great and all that stuff now, but he was living in this world where it was like, welcome home. Chances are you'll kill yourself and have a good day, you know? So, yeah, but, but brother, that's mentality. Right. And, and, and we got to kill it. We got to kill that mentality because let me tell you what, I will sit with any veteran that has a business plan or has a business idea and I will help him get it off the ground if they're willing to put in the time. Because you know why veteran suicide so high? It's because we feel inadequate. We feel lost. We feel like we've lost something. And that's, that's the mentality switch that the enemy wants us to. That, that's, that's why there are nations that are stronger in a post-military and a, and a military status, I believe, is because of their mindset. Their mindset. Mindset is everything. Right. Right? Faith. You know, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard Chief Tecumseh and that stupid Navy SEAL movie made that poem like, uh, you know, by Chief Tecumseh sucks. So thank you, Navy SEALs, for creating that movie, Act of Valor, and ruining that great poem. But if you listen to the poem, <laughs> um, oh. I'm just kidding. I love all my team brothers out there. But if, if, you, if you listen to that poem on Chief Tecumseh, you know, where he talks about uh, trouble no man about their religion, right? I, I don't, 
You know, I had a, I had a Muslim guy tell me on a call the other day, Steve, all I want is for Muslims and Christians to barbecue together. <laughs> and then I, and then I made a joke about pork and he didn't think that was very funny. I said, are we going to take a pig? So, and, and, and he laughed, but I mean, no, he thought it was really, he thought it was super funny actually. But you know, I mean, it was, it was one of those things where I love that. That's exciting. Right. You know, I, 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 I love, I love the fact to see people work on cultural based problems. That's how you change the world. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King changed the world because he worked on a problem that no one was big enough to tackle. Right. And regardless of all his inconsistencies in his personal life, marriage, whatever, he tackled a problem and he, to his death, Abraham Lincoln, right? Men revered men and women, Rosa Parks, Right. You mm-hmm. look at men and women throughout generations and time and they their success lies in their ability to persevere through adversity. And that's all that transitioning is. It's adversity. You're going into a world where people don't understand where you've been joking about dead bodies on Halloween because you're a veteran might not be something you want to do at your in-laws. <laughs> or on the other hand, maybe you do, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's just, it's one of those things where, uh, I mean, tomorrow I'm, I'm, uh, we're having our, our gala, our fallen and wounded soldier gala. Yeah. You know, we're down to 300 people cause COVID it's, it's going to be a big event. Um, but you know, I, I'm excited. We have Pete Hegseth coming to speak from Fox News. He's our keynote speaker. And, and you know, one of the things that, that I love about guys like Pete is he went from that infantry world and now he's a Fox News anchor. Right. That's a mentality, right? Like he didn't, he earned that. You know, I, I hate to say this, but our culture a lot of times wants things for free because they served. No one, no one made yeah. us sign up. I hate right. to say it. We did not, we did not get, um, we did not get drafted for the Iraq or Afghanistan war. Uh-huh. Right. So, you know, you want your veteran parking spot. You want your, you want your meal on veterans day. That's fine. I can't tell you how many drinks and meals I've bought for guys because they had their, their bracelet on or they, or I could just tell her they had the shooter cap on yeah. and I would just tell a bartender or waitress, Hey, I'm going to buy their meal and I'm going to leave. I'm going to buy their drink and I'm going to leave. And that's it. I, I am a servant of somebody who allows me to have a perspective from being saved that now allows me to be successful where I am. Right. But if I, didn't, if I didn't give that up, and this is what I tell people, I don't care what you believe. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. This is what I believe, and this is what changed my life. Yeah. And that's what we need to be doing to transition. We need right. to be reaching each other. We need, right. we need more veteran ministries. We need more warrior-based ministries focused on reaching 
each other and healing wounded perspectives. Right. So that's really the key, right? That right there, wounded perspectives. Because the same thing, the same thing is happening now in, in kind of the first responder community. Just the woe is me, how bad it is, you know, how we're so, what's the word? Well, they call it critical status. We just don't have any staffing and whatnot. And so people, one, they either stay and complain or, you know, they just outright quit. But just the idea that they're just the constant, constant complaining will get us nowhere. You know, I rather like it, if I'm honest. (laughs) Like what what specifically do you like? Are you saying? About it? Yeah. I just... I just like the, oh, this is not just status quo. It's not like back a couple years ago, there was going into before, like going, so 2019, we'll just call it there, going into 2020, we would have 75 to 80 rigs on the road in Genesee County in any given 24-hour period. And and now it's more like 20-something. I didn't realize it was that low. I forgot about that number. So... It's, you know, it's just, it's crazy. And nurses are leaving and doctors are leaving. Cops are leaving and all these other things. But, but the thing is, is that you can, you can see the folks that walk around with intention and purpose and want to do something intentional compared to the folks that are just, it is about mindset. It's you either believe that you're able to do something or you believe that you're stuck in whatever you're stuck in. And I, I have a passion for like we've talked about in the past, Jim, of just that light getting switched on for folks, for people to really see things, how they can see them, how they choose to see them. And then to be one more person that's out there reaching for whatever, what they're supposed to be doing in this life. Right. And that's, that's exciting. And it's frustrating, and I think um, I don't know. It's 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 neat to hear all those things because it is so true. And we always get hung up on all the what ifs, and and you know it won't really work. This isn't going to happen. I'm not going to be able to do this enough. But the the benefit, the unfair advantage that I believe we have as believers is that if God's given us this mission. Like he's gone before us, he's promised he's gone before right. us. Then I'm, I just need to show up and follow. I need to go do the work that he's asked me to do, and whatever that ends up looking like, that's not, it's not up to me. It's just up to me to to show up and do what I know I can do. I think that the more of us that get that, the more of these problems aren't such big problems. Right. Agreed. So next, let's have some fun. We're going to turn the page real quick. So, <laughs> so I have some buddies that, that spend their lives in conspiracy theories and whatnot. Like they're never coming out. They, they followed the Q path and they never got off it to this day. Like we're yeah. talking any second, any minute, the former president will be the president and, and all these things. So with that said, the belief here that the question that was asked of me is, do I think the Facebook whistleblower was a legit whistleblower 
or was it an op created by Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp to give them the opportunity to do a broad brushstroke of censorship under the guise of making it safer community? <laughs> yeah, so... No, um, I absolutely do not believe that. Um, I think that the Facebook whistleblower is very real. Uh, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg is very unhappy um, about this. There is working in the intelligence space. Um, there's so much that I could say right now. I'm, you know. On this, but I don't. <laughs> but Face, just... Facebook, listen, Facebook, Facebook is a company that saw an avenue to capitalize on the information space, um, not the connection space, not the friend space, the information space. Okay. It, 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 I hate to go back to China, but I'm going to go back to China. You know, one of the reasons I respect China the way that I do is I am a student of China. I'm a student of intelligence. I am a student of, of philosophy and in, in information operations warfare. Um, I have spent many of hours learning and studying this and how the Chinese economically work and how social engineering works. I am a student of social engineering. Um, I've been to many seminars and read I too many books to even remember on social engineering from a psychology standpoint, from an information operations standpoint. If I tell you, you, you like the color blue and you say, I hate the color blue, but now you see the color blue 10 times, you'll start to think about the color blue. It's just, it's psychology, right? So mm -hmm. uh, some people call it marketing. Um, marketing is a very dangerous word because if I market to you, I convince you to do something, right? And that's also called social engineering. Um, there is a concept right now in, in my world, in the risk management, you know, private intelligence space, which is, you know, we, we don't view threat actors um, from an open source, we call OSINT, open source intelligence standpoint, the same way that we would, that a cop would view a threat actor, right? Like they're looking for, um, was there a crime committed, right? We look at things from a behavioral standpoint. We're looking at somebody's mice, money, ideology, coercion, and ego. What, what are their motives, right? How do they function? Why? Um, what makes them tick? If you look at the Chinese and you watch how they sell information to the media. Hollywood Foreign Press is owned by Beijing, right? I mean, Hollywood Foreign Press is, is, has a say in what movies come out of, you know, what major motion pictures end up in the theaters. Think about that for a second. Um, that's real. That's not conspiracy. That's very real. Um, and it's not because Ricky Gervais said it on, on you know, at the, at the Grammys. It's, it's just because that's the way it is. Um, and you can, you can look it up. And the other thing I'll tell you is I respect China because they look at things in dynasties, in terms of dynasties. 
Oh, yeah. We look at things in terms of years. They look at things in terms of dynasties. Process that for a second. In terms of dynasties. Well, I mean, that's why they call it the 2049 plan. Right? So I mean, it, that's like long game. Well, it's, 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 it was called unrestricted warfare in 1998 when two PLA colonels produced a report that ended up getting leaked to the media and getting, getting published that was called unrestricted warfare. And really it was this thing called kinder weapons, information warfare, biochem warfare. I mean, if you just read it, I mean, it's all publicated. It's all there. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to Afghanistan, China cares about those lithium deposits because China has the largest production of lithium usage in the world all china cares about is the profitability of its economy to be on the world stage and be competitive now let me ask you a question once somebody gets to that point where they want to get what do they do they come up with a new goal right china's china is inevitable they are never ending they are they are forever until they're not, um, and that is that is what people should be focused on. Is not what Mark Zuckerberg is doing, and not if a whistleblower. Again, this goes back to our culture, right? We're so focused on looking through the rearview mirror because it makes sense when there's a windshield right in front of us. Espionage is not about action; it's about second and third order effect to an action. When I strategize uh, an information operation or I strategize an intelligence operation, I look at, well, one, I do risk equals threat times vulnerability divided by countermeasures times impact, right? I need to understand the impact analysis of every action. Every motion has a reaction, right? It's like Einstein or something. So what do I do with that? My job is to understand that. That's where some of these brilliant friends of ours should be focused is not looking at these far outlandish conspiracies because, because listen, those are distractions mm-hmm. either from the enemy or the enemy, <laughs> right. whatever one, right. Or both. I don't know. <laughs> one might be the same. I, I'm, I'm, I think that's still up for grabs, but it, you know, social media is a tool. I use social media as a tool. I use social media if I want someone to know something that's going to sway what they do. I publicate it on social media. It is a tool. And if you know how to social engineer, if you know, I I mean, listen, I'm not afraid of an active shooter. I'm not. I'm going to, we're going to shut that dude off in seconds. I am afraid of an army of bots in a basement in Beijing that control the cryptocurrency market that control the banking market, that control trading on Ameritrade with a million bots that are trained to trade on Ameritrade accounts to drive stock prices to the ground so that a price of a stock goes up so they can do a sell-off and a runoff, and then all of a sudden somebody makes money. And I mean, there's so much, and China looks at things like this, but we're going, is the Facebook whistleblower real or not? (laughs) <laughs> and they're laughing they're like are you guys you guys are so easy we're gonna keep this up for the next hundred years because you guys are you guys are focused on on miso soup when we're cooking right. we're, we're eating your chili on game day 
And they, and they, and they, I tell you, that's our problem, right? So one of the things that that's come up recently in my world is, is this, the uh, Afghan refugees, right? And, right. and what that looks like and the border crisis, right? All these things are coming up from a national security standpoint. And I'm telling people all the time, you know, we could pick a million different conspiracies, but there's a whole heck of a lot right now we should be concerned about that doesn't need a conspiracy theory behind it. Right. 102,000 people flooded into our country last month. Unverified. What does that mean? Where did I, where did, where did I even get that number? I don't even know if that number is accurate. Yeah, I don't. You see what I'm saying? Like, like the information space. Now, I just told you, now you're going to walk away from this thinking that 102,000 people flooded into the country. You're going to tell two people that. They're going to tell two people that. Then what happens? And then we're saying, is the, is the lady on, on Capitol Hill, you know, a conspiracy by Mark Zuckerberg? Mark Zuckerberg is terrified of Facebook being on Capitol Hill. Right. Do you know Why? <laughs> the reason is is because there was this company called standard oil do you know what happened with standard oil back in the day i forget the government came in and told them no more and they chopped the company up into a million little pieces that's about to happen with the social technology if they don't get their if they don't get their stuff together which do you know who would love for the government to govern information that reaches the masses. China. China. Our enemies. Because right now, we have a source of open and free communication. Does anywhere else in the world have that? Nope. (laughs) Oh, it's so crazy. So Mark Zuckerberg, yes, he is quite weird. Um, we can all agree on that. Mark Zuckerberg had the intention of creating a system where people could communicate freely. And then there became an ideology that, well, well, we can't, we got to censor that. Well, you know, that's too politically toxic. That's a word in Silicon Valley, politically toxic. Yep. That's a that is a Silicon Valley <coughs> Fortune 100 phrase. We don't want to be politically toxic. That's in HR policies in Silicon Valley. So, wild. I feel when like you look- we we get through problems just to like find the back door to bring up the same problems all over again. It's distractions. How many people spend 90% of their day focused on this BS, which is what it is. It's garbage. It consumes, it consumes them. Me, I just know, I know what I need to know to inform my, my customer market of these are the cyber risks. These are the physical security risks. This information, I mean, because I, I have customers that will literally dump $20 million in equity in stock if they think that something's going wrong and, and, and I have customers that are like, Hey, 
we have people in Haiti working. Do we have to worry about them getting kidnapped? Because the media just said 70 people got kidnapped. Right. And, and it's like, so this information tends to rule our lives yeah. and we tend to right. let it unverified. Like I said earlier, right. My number one threat to humanity is unverified information. Right. It, it all kind of circles back to that. You know, I mean, 22 a day, are there really 22 a day? Who accounts that? But the government, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> okay. Right. Makes sense. I believe it now. <laughs> Right, the VA, the the greatest organization in the universe. Definitely not them. So, <laughs> uh, do you guys see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, right. I get, I see what you're saying. I think as a non, I'll be a very non-informed civilian. My continual problem is who the H E W L hockey sticks do I listen to? And what am I actually supposed to do as I go about driving my kids to school, getting my groceries, living and doing my thing? So I hit up my buddy Jim Perkin here and go, Jim, <laughs> tell me what I'm supposed to know, bud. That's, you know, because I, I know I don't want to sit on Facebook all day long to figure out Listen, what's going on. So I don't want to sit on news channels all day long trying to figure out what's going on. You know, so so I, I to the average Joe, like, what the heck are we doing? So I I watch CNN, Fox News. I I, I mean, I have open source social media tools that collect information from around the world. I I use I use crawlers to collect information. I mean, I I collect everything, and then I analyze it. And I determine based off of knowledge, gut, faith, what I'm going to consume. What am I going to action? Yeah. Weirdest experience over the weekend. So this whole Haiti thing happens. Right. I'm sitting in the Freedom Center. First time I heard about it. An hour and a half later, um, and I and – I, why well, I had heard about it during the 9 a.m. service. During that service, I get a text message from somebody saying, hey, we got a call about kidnapping in Haiti. So it's just really weird how it all came together. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Is this the one with the 17 people, whatever, as in the media? Like, yeah. So we get this anonymous call. And... So I've spent the last two days chasing this whole thing down, trying to figure out if there, if there's a way for us to get involved in it, what have you. Um, Cause you know, we've worked on several missing persons, kidnapping cases over the years and, and several high profile ones. So it, it's, it's kind of something that I, I dig into, but my team starts digging into this and we start finding all these GoFundMe accounts within hours that are populating to help the missing people in Haiti. And, and then there's the, I think it was, I, I read one thing that said, I think it was retaliation for the 
the president being killed. The president was killed by Colombian, or by, by I believe, Brazilian or Colombian mercenaries. Right. I think they're Colombians. So what, like, it's just, I mean, I, so do I change my course of action because of this disinformation? No, I validate. I validate. And, and listen, boy, you, you know, we, we need to validate. It consumes us because we have children. We have loved ones. Most of us aren't selfish. It's not about us. What do, what do I tell my kids about being vaccinated? What do I tell my kids about wearing a mask? So, you know, I think everybody's walk is different. Me, personally, if I live in a world where things are bad, I will want to fight them. And I will be a very violent person to that effect. Because I don't know any other way to fight, to be like 10 times worse than what I'm facing. Right? Like, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how to be like, oh, you don't like me? I don't like you either. I'm like, I'm going to kill you. I don't. Yeah, fine. Let's do this. Let's fight. Right. And, and that's yeah. that is that is the world as we see it now. Everybody's trying to engulf themselves in, well, Democrat, Republican, COVID. COVID, I think, was genius. Genius. I mean, the second and third order effects of COVID are brilliant. I must give I must give my Chinese friends credit. <laughs> The, the amount, the amount of PTO, you know, s- school teachers and parents that fight whether their kid is going to wear a mask or not. Look at our kids. Look at our young children watching us as adults fight each other over a piece of cloth because it's a principle. Because we, we, we don't, my kid's not going to, I mean, it, it's, it's silly. And I don't know what the right answer is, but it's brilliant. I mean, the Chinese are like, we never saw this coming. <laughs> we never anticipated that, that we were, you know what? Forget the virus. The effects of the masks have really done it. People have been wearing masks in China for the last 20 years. Right, right. I mean, anybody that's ever been to Southeast Asia can tell you that there's masks all over the place because they have so many different viral outbreaks. But yet it is something that consumes us as a nation. And now part of it is the media. Part of it is social media. Ashley is a mom. Jim is a dad. You guys get told something. And your heart starts to race because it affects the one thing you love in this world, your child. I, I did a presentation recently on, on the escalation of workplace violence in healthcare facilities for a client. And, and, and it, was, it was funny. One of the things I said was 2022 will be a year of increased violence within the healthcare workforce. And one of the... Uh, vice presidents of this organization asked me, he said, well, why do you feel that way? I said, because you're mandating humans 
Right. We are not supposed to be controlled. God gave us free will. I didn't say that. I said, you know, man was given free will for a reason. You start to challenge that. You start to challenge something that if you don't understand what you're challenging, be prepared for the second and third order effect of it. Right. And that's, that's again, you know, what we're dealing with. I I think it's, it's wild. That's absolutely what we're dealing with. This is why people are, well, look, you know, and it's, it's more of the same piece on information, but across my Twitter feed just before we started was how Southwest has backed off their vaccine mandate. So has Delta. Mm-hmm. I love Delta. I only fly Delta. We do too. I'm a diamond. I'm a diamond medallion. <laughs> yeah. <I love> <laughs> but, I got my Delta you know, card. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens. I tell you, the resilience of our society to change. I think. I think. Now, I'm not a. This isn't a conspiracy. I believe COVID was a was a test and maybe it was on purpose. Maybe it was on accident. The inte- intelligence collection and social engineering is about second and third order effect analysis. If I push you, the second order effect of that is you fall. The third order effect of that is you kill the ant on the ground that you fall on the ripple effect, the butterfly effect, if you will. Right. Right. Start looking at the things you're looking at in that perspective, and you will start to see the world in a way that you've never viewed it. I like that. If you look at a geopolitical problem set that, let's say, comes on Fox News, research that problem set and find two things that are an effect from it to start to exercise your mind in that. So this is where, this is where just to kind of go back to earlier, why don't we instill in each other as veterans, as believers, analyze what's going on around you, pick it apart, step outside the box. Right. Well, you know, yeah, just exactly that. Just getting past that first, first layer kind of first layer of thinking it was interesting and we'll kind of land the plane here but i was listening to or the other day the other week i was watching a, a netflix show with david letterman where he has a guest on they're on stage and they're talking well he had Chappelle on and dave Chappelle said something that i had to go back later and, and because it's like one of those things i think i heard him say something i had to go back and listen but he took he took the, the idea of racism in this country and he made it because of what you're saying about China. Chappelle takes this, who's just, just a comedian takes this thought and says with China's interest in our demise, you know, long-term that would then, and, and our ability to be at each other's throats all the time. He said, then, then racism or kind of, fixing this problem is a matter of national security. And I was like, what? I went back and I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, Dave, you know, but look, this is what happens. Actually, we've talked about it when nothing's happening. 
and too many people are focusing on the administration, whatever that may be. The next thing you know, there's a highly publicized incident between a police officer and a young adult black male. It just right or wrong, whatever the circumstance, but there's something that happens where we have to go back down that road again. So, so I, I want to clarify something really important here because I don't think ever the police officer was told to go shoot the black male. No, no. I think that it just gets more coverage by the media. Yes. I think the media, yeah, exactly I think right. The media is so behind the swain of likes and shares and posts. Yes. And I think that, again, social media is a tool they use. I don't think they're in cahoots with social media. No, I think it's a tool, right? Like I use tools to collect information right. and sway and sway opinions if I need to. Right. I use tools to know things about people that they don't mm-hmm. want me to know. Absolutely. Or so, like we've covered on the show before, if we weren't on lockdown, right? If the country wasn't on lockdown for how terrible and egregious and all those words the George Floyd incident was, it doesn't get as much play. It, it's not like it was. It wasn't, I think, if because we had an entire country forced to look at it for days and days and days and days and days. I think it'll be interesting to see where we're at in six months. I think the 2022 election will be very telling. I would definitely watch that very closely. Right. I would watch what happens in the state of Michigan, the state of Arizona, the state of Georgia. It's very key things that will happen. You know, we are at the point where politics is important. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it is. <laughs> right. And it, it, yeah, absolutely it, right. It, it, it may be the difference in what our kids are told to believe at school or not. Information is, it is man's greatest weapon right now. Because we're living, we're living a movie in 20 years. I mean, we, we really are. I mean, the crap going on right now behind the scenes. Like, where did terrorism go? Like, right. ISIS, like, you just you don't even hear about them anymore. Are they, who are, what's, what's terrorism? Just went away? They just, re- they just <laughs> retired? Sure. Right. It doesn't have a it doesn't have a profit center for anybody anymore. Right. But you know what? You know what is really good is you wearing your mask. You staying home. You being the concerned mom, Ashley, that that, you know, put your kids on a device for almost a year to learn. I mean, crazy to think about that for a second. I mean, there's, there's so much information behind persuasion here. Right. Right. I don't, I don't know what to believe. So what, what I do is I don't concern, like I said early on, and I'll go back to it. Lions don't concern themselves with the opinion of sheep. Why I said it when we started, Right. Is it, is it comes down to you present a threat to me or mine or the people that I've been tasked to protect, I'll react to that. 
and we will continue to fight a fight of understanding the information being peddled and then also bringing the fight to the enemy's doorstep on how that affects the people that want to pay us to make sure it doesn't affect them. Right. And there's so much in that world that you can do to shield yourself from disinformation, which is one, know you know what you stand for. I am so sick and tired of Americans picking, you know, they flip flop, they pick one side to the, ah, oh, well, you know, my, my friend said that I should wear the mask or I should, my friend said that, you know, this, this, this politician spot, my friend said, right. But we all have these people in our lives. Yeah. Right. And it, and it, and it's, it's cool, but, and this is why I kind of keep to myself in the world these days, you know, I, I do pretty much it's because, you know, people want to be like this. And, and I just look at them and say, you're an idiot. How do you think that? Why does everything have to be a political debate? Right. Trump said stupid stuff. Biden's an idiot. What do you, what do you want from me? This is something I've learned with some, with some of my mentors. They don't vote either way. They vote to their benefit. It's a whole nother level of looking at how information makes their decision to execute and do something because they don't do it off emotion, which is what we're all doing. Oh, you have a, you have a duty. You have a, yeah. Listen, I have a duty to support my family and I have a duty to God. And that's it. That's it. Outstanding. Good stuff. We can just leave it at that. I know. We don't need that. That just, that's a wrap. (laughs) It's crazy though. This is all crazy stuff, but. I know. That's good though. And I'm glad that we, uh, I'm glad that we did. It is. I, I, listen, I don't, I don't think we're worse today than we've ever been. I, I, I think, I think God is doing something. As somebody said to me the other day, I think the second coming is right after. I, you know, I just, I get up every day and just try to change the world. Yeah. The little sliver of it that I'm supposed to touch. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. If that's 17 missionaries in Haiti, if that's a Fortune 500 company, if that's stopping an active shooter from showing up to an event, whatever it is, whatever. Right. 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 Like it one, I don't get up and look for what God wants me to do. I just, I just trust that everything that gets laid at my doorstep is going to work out. You take the war fighter out of the war and what does he have other than a room full of guns? (laughs) Right. Just got to get that new war for him to fight. Well, and that war is is helping people. Right. Right. So I appreciate your guys' time. I got to go. I need a new toilet, apparently. My kid destroyed mine. Because <laughs> they're fun, man. Good luck. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go enjoy it. I'm just going to find joy in it all. There yep. You there you go. <laughs> you guys are amazing. 
Thank you so much for your time. Right on. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm going to go back to COVID recovery. Check us out on social media. This episode will be up Thursday. Also, plug Freedom Center Church is having on November 11th a bonfire and food and stuff like that. It'll be our our usual, well, a version of our usual Thursday night stuff. So check my social media. I have an invite and an event posted. All right, peace. Peace.